this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Another episode of the Hot Nerd Podcast. How are you doing today? I hope things are going absolutely wonderful wherever you find yourself. Before we jump into today's episode, do me a favor, head over to the website, www.thehopnerd.com. Follow along on all things social media, you know, at the Hop Nerd, except for Twitter because it's super duper special. It's at the Hop Nerd One. You can find my stuff on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook wherever. You can even find me. You can just find Sam Goodman. That's probably the easiest way. Uh, If you want to follow me on LinkedIn, that's definitely, definitely the easiest way. I've been telling you I've had a little bit of a social media fast. I've just been calling it a fast just to just get away from all of that stuff. It's just a time suck, right? It's just such a time suck when I've got so many other things that I'm focusing on at the time. So if you do follow, uh, I guess I'm saying don't don't expect a lot right now, but maybe expect more in the future. Uh, Maybe that's the worst. I think that's the worst pitch for following somebody uh, that, I, that I personally at least ever heard. Um, but yeah, follow me and expect nothing for it, I, I, I guess. <laughs> but again, I hope that you are doing absolutely awesome wherever you find yourself. As you know, I'm coming to you from the sunny and the beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, still still in the death grip of summer here in Phoenix. And you know, when I do these things, though, it's, it's nice. It's beautiful. I wake up in the mornings. I get up kind of early. So we're, we're me. I'm, I'm me. I'm recording this. It's about 530 in the morning. So I get up around 445 ish, five o'clock, you know, something like that. I get up, I make some coffee. I go outside. It's, it's hot. It's still hot in Phoenix, but it's not like earth scorching hot, but you know how you get up, you kind of want to like knock the chill of the night off a little bit. So I'll walk out into the 90 degree weather at 4:45 AM and sit outside and like drink some coffee and hang out and then, uh, get ready to come in here and do one of these things. And I'm super pumped to be here to talk to you about all things, human and organizational performance, all things safety and whatever just pops into this crazy head of mine here as we, uh, as we go along. And speaking of which, speaking of coffee, let me, let me pause here for a second and get a little, uh, it's early. It's early. You got to cut me some slack here. Hold on. <sighs> Caffeinating, refreshing, all the above. So just to bring you up to speed, if you had, if you missed it, um, we are doing these things on video now as well. So I'm sitting here. I'm staring into the camera. I'm recording this thing. I'm sitting here. I'm looking off to the side, recording the audio of this independently as well. So if you're listening on just the podcast or whatever, whatever platform you listen to podcasts and you want to uh, maybe see my ugly mug while I'm sitting here talking to you, or if you just get bored, you can head over to YouTube, yeah, YouTube, and uh, watch this the, a version of this podcast, and at least as many of these as I feel like doing. Let me <laughs> let me say that. And speaking of the podcast and books and everything else that uh, that I've got going on, I've got this really wonky idea, and I want to share it with you. And then then I promise we'll we'll jump into some form of subject today. I don't really have much of anything prepared, uh, as you know that I never do. Uh, and then we just kind of wing this thing, and whatever pops into my head, we kind of chat about. And I don't know. I enjoy it. You seem to enjoy it. And, and that's what we'll do. But my back, back, back to my wonky, wacky idea. So I started writing another book. Yeah, I know, shocker, right? But after Ian and I wrote the last Safety Sucks book, so Safety Sucks, The Manifesto, which if you haven't checked it out, go check it out, along with the original Safety Sucks, The BS, in the safety profession they don't tell you about, along with a couple other books that I've written. If you want to go find all those on Amazon, 
if you want to uh, go find Safety Sucks, you can just go, again, just search it. Just search Safety Sucks or Safety Sucks the Manifesto, et cetera, et cetera. You, you can go find it on Amazon. It's, it's a pretty easy find. But after we got done writing that, and that book just kind of, there was a lot of flow. Let's, let's sound all uh, artsy here. There was a lot of flow in that book. It just kind of came to us as we were sitting down and writing. It, it wasn't, uh, for any of my friends out there that do any writing, there's, there's certain things that it just, you know what I mean by flow? You get kind of stuck, and it's almost like you have to force stuff out sometimes. And there was never any of that with this book. It just kind of went onto the paper which was super cool. But as you know, and as I was kind of joking about, I've written quite a bunch of stuff over the past little bit, and it's just something that I, I enjoy. I just enjoy writing. So I've written quite a bench, bench, quite a, quite a bench. I, I don't know. It's early. I've, I've, I've written quite a bunch, quite a bunch of books in the past roughly two years, um, five, five-ish, something like that. And uh, as I was kind of joking with Ian, I'm like, dude, when, when this is over, when this is over, as much as I've enjoyed this process, I'm going to uh, take just a break. I think I'm going to take like a year or two off from just writing anything just to um, not write anything, I guess. Just just to reflect, just to chill out, just to, I guess, form my thoughts, just to kind of let this stuff kind of soak out there a little bit that we put out. That we put out. Um, and then uh, I, I, I guess I lied to myself because I as immediately just started writing more stuff. It's just like I wasn't done, I guess. Um, so a couple things here. Um, number one, when I do get to the point, I guess, where I feel like I can chill, I will, I promise. Um, and I'm, I'm really, I'm really saying this, 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 I'm really saying it this time that, uh, I think after this, and this isn't like some lengthy anything. Um, but I think when I'm done with this, I, I'm, I'm going to just stop for a little bit. Just, uh, just stop writing, just writing, not the podcast, stuff like that. Um, but just stop writing, just take a little pause and just kind of hang out and, and not have that always kind of looming over my head or in the background of like, there's stuff you need to finish writing. There's stuff you need to finish writing. I'll be laying in bed and that's what comes into my head. It's like, you could be writing right now instead of sleeping. <laughs> For all my workaholics out there, you, you know exactly, exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but back to the main wacky wonky idea here that I had. So I'm looking over here for my video friends here. Um, I'm looking off to the side and I'm looking at, you know, a couple hundred pages that are just kind of over on my, my second screen that I always just kind of keep up and I'm always just kind of tinkering with. And I was kind of sitting here the other day and I'm like, you know, we haven't done an audio book for the manifesto. I haven't done really an audio book for anything other than safety sucks, the BS and the safety profession that they don't tell you about. And there's some plans to go back and make some audio books for those things. But, 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 but. The, the wonky idea, I, let, let, me, let me just throw it out there because I'm going to keep, keep delaying this unless I do. The wonky idea is this, is once this book is in a state of readiness, once it's prepared to be published, um, I think I'm going to release the audio version here on the podcast for free. Um, yeah, weird, right? Weird. Um, I, I, for, for whatever reason, I feel like that's something cool to do. I think that that would be neat to go through you know, in, in an episodic fashion of just through the chapters uh, and release the audiobook. I think that would be a really neat way to bring value to you as the listeners to share with you something that I've created. Um, and I, I don't know, I just, I just think it would be neat. I think it would be neat to get your feedback in real time, kind of as the, as the chapters come out week after week. And I think that's how it would happen. We would probably just do it over so many weeks of the podcast. Uh, and put out those episodes. Again, one episode, one chapter, and just work it all the way through to the end. 
And I think, uh, I think the main thing here is what I'm going to say is this, is that if you enjoy it, and I don't know when this is exactly going to happen. I've got a couple more chapters I've got to write. I've got some proofreading that's got to happen. I've got some other stuff that's got to happen. But as soon as I get it into a certain state of readiness, I'm going to go ahead and start recording those episodes. So they'll be ready. But I think once they start coming out, once you get to the end of it, I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you what you think about it. And then if it's something that did bring value to you, if it's something that you did enjoy, then I would encourage you to head over and buy the paperback. And if you don't want to buy the paperback, that's that's cool too. If you didn't like it, definitely don't buy it. That's that's <laughs> that's rule number one. Um, but if you do like it, if, if when all this does happen and if you did like it, if you did enjoy the book, if it did bring you some value, and if you do, if you do have a couple free dollars laying around and you would like to uh, show some support for the book, for the podcast, for everything that I've got going on over here, you would be able to head over to Amazon and then pick up the book. I, I think that that's just going to be really neat. It's a really cool way to get the book out to a, a lot of people. It's a really good way to get the book out to all of you folks that are always on here, always listen to the podcast. It's something that I can give you um, that's just just me giving you that just because I appreciate you. I, I think that's that's awesome. I think that's just an awesome way to get that work out there. Uh, and then again, if it's something that you do enjoy, if it's something that 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 you do have a few extra extra quarters laying around and you want to, to show some love and support, you'd be able to head over and then pick up the book. I'm not putting a date on this because I, I don't know yet. I, I don't know exactly when this is going to happen. I just wanted to share with you because it's going to be sooner than later and something for you to be on the lookout for. And as, with always, as always, as always, as always, the books that I put out there are always going to be modestly priced, basically as low as I can put them, <laughs> to, to, to justifiably put them. Uh, and it'll be available somewhere in like the 15 buck range, you know, 15 to $20. Uh, which is not easy to say in the world of safety books nowadays if you've been on Amazon. Holy cow. Um, side side rant, <laughs> I guess. But so there's that. There's a little bit of an update. There's just some. There, there's a little bit of, a, of something for you to hopefully look forward to. And uh, as you know, we're doing these things weekly now. I just have to keep saying that. I know a bunch of you asked where's, where's the Wednesday episodes. I've just been doing these weekly just because just I need the time. I need the time. I'm writing. And then as you know, I've got a whole day job that's uh, escalated. It's escalated. <laughs> so I'm super busy with all of that stuff too. And then traveling. For my video friends, you can see my sweet Tennessee shirt. As you know, we went to Tennessee. We celebrated Avery's birthday. Uh, we went and got a cabin, stayed in the mountains, did the whole Dollywood theme park thing, did all that fun stuff. And it was just an absolute blast. Got to reconnect with some family from back east. Uh, and, and most importantly, got to celebrate Avery's awesome, awesome seventh. She's freaking seven. How does that happen? I never believed that before I became a parent that, uh, that it flies by because when you're a kid, it does not feel like it flies by until, you know, you're well into adulthood and you're like, holy cow, that flew by. Um, but yeah, it, it's insane. It's insane to uh, look at her and see that she's almost as tall as me. And I'm, I'm pretty short. Let me, let me say that. I'm, I'm a pretty, pretty, pretty short person. <laughs> but to see that she's almost as tall as me, she's almost as tall as Drew. It's crazy. She's seven. She's seven. But there you go. There's, there's the quick life update. I'm going to sneak in a little, another quick little, uh, little sip of coffee there as we continue on to the subject. And I think something that I want to talk about today uh, is assumptions a little bit. And I, I know this is like beating a dead horse somewhat because um, we talk about it all the time around these here parts. Um, but it's so important. It's so important as we move down this path of trying to better our organizations. Betterment only grows out of the creation and maintenance of better assumptions. Right? We, you, you can't start with flawed assumptions and expect 
good things to grow out of it. And maybe that's not completely true because you can start with flawed assumptions and, and maybe have some good byproducts, right? But it's never going to get you where you want to go, right? And so, you know, you know, the assumptions that we start with, we've regularly, frequently started with around the world of safety and health within our organizations. We almost have always, for at least as long as I can remember, um, started with assumptions that sound like stuff like this. That sounds like, you know, all accidents are preventable. We start with stuff like prevention is the only way to create safety. Prevention above all else. You, you know the list, right? You, you know the list. I mean, we can, we can kind of rattle off stuff here that's more around. Um, I'm kind of shying away from saying traditional safety because I, th- I think that there's, there's nothing wrong with some traditional elements. And I'm, I'm not trying to get into a side rant here. Um, but just to try to minimize any of the continued battle around new view versus old view, um, I've just been kind of calling it just old school safety stuff and old school, not in the good way, right? When I say old school, I'm talking about those elements of traditional safety that are just not so great, right? That we just know are not so great. And just exactly like these assumptions that we're chatting about right now, prevention, prevention is king, Right. Or queen. Pre- prevention is queen. How about we just say that? Prevention is queen. Um, and all the other little bits and pieces of that, right? That bad things happen to bad people, right? That if you just followed the rules better, if you just paid more attention, if you were just a better employee, then, you know, ultimately uh, the bad stuff that happens at our job sites wouldn't happen, right? All of that stuff, that little bad things lead to big bad things in the future. So we need to minimize said little bad things. And then that just kind of spirals out of control all the way back down into trying to manage behavior because ultimately we view behavior as causing close call, as causing close calls, good catches, near misses, that kind of stuff. And then if we can prevent those close calls and then we can, through the modification of behavior, the control of human behavior, then we can ultimately, ultimately stop for a stage and then we stop for a stage and we can ultimately stop recordables and we stop recordables and we stop lost times and we stop lost times and we stop fatalities, la, 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 right? We do that hard enough, we'll get to the point of resurrecting the folks that we've killed so far in our industry, right? If we get that good, we'll go beyond zero, right? And all, all of that stuff. We start with those assumptions and then we're at the point now to where we've kind of been left scratching our heads going, well, I've been doing it harder. I've been doing it faster. And nothing's really changing. Like we, like things have probably gotten better. And that's some of the, that's one of the more interesting parts about those assumptions is a lot of those assumptions are maybe hold some partial truths, right? Maybe they hold some partial truths. And what I mean by that is this, is that they've worked good enough. Right? They've, they've, they've worked good enough to at least be accepted by the vast majority of industries, companies, managers, leaders, and safety practitioners for a very long time. They've worked good enough. Like they probably have had some positive benefit. I'm not saying that the, that, that the positive has not been outweighed by the negative uh, side effects of a lot of those approaches, but they probably have had some positive benefits. You know, over the course of time, um, Occupational fatalities have been significantly reduced, right? Over the course of time, like maimings, blindings, amputations, like a lot of that really gnarly stuff has been significantly reduced. Uh, If you look back over kind of the history, and I'll say the history of occupational safety, no, at least here in the United States, stemming back to what, like the 70s, if if my my safety schooling is working here, 
Um, I tried to forget a bunch of that stuff. Just saying, <laughs> but but if it's if it's working correctly, right back to about the mid seventies when we actually started measuring a lot of this stuff. Um, so on paper, things have gotten better, and we've hit that we've we've kind of hit that dreaded plateau, right? So we're in that plateau space. And now that we're at the plateau, we're kind of saying, well, we just need to do more of that because it's worked so good. It's worked so good. And that's the problem with starting with flawed assumptions is they will take you so far and you will feel like they're working and they probably will work to a certain extent. But then you're going to get to a point to where they just don't work any more. And that might be true with um, most of our assumptions. But but that's back to the moral of the story is we have to examine our assumptions. We have to look back and critically examine our beliefs, our thoughts, our systems, our processes. We can't just hold on to stuff as being this these sacred, nearly sent from the heavens ideas. Um, we pretend like this bias towards prevention has been around since the dawn of mankind. We pretend like this blame the worker mentality has been around since the dawn of mankind. Uh, on all, all the above, right, all these assumptions, and they're just too sacred to ever challenge, to ever let go, that we dare not even speak negatively of them or we shall be labeled as the uncaring, unintelligent few that have challenged all that which we know to be sacred and good within the world of safety, all of which is just horse shit, right? I mean, that's, that's ultimately the, the nicest, most polite way that I put it. At the point that we're at right now, we should be able to challenge and talk about anything, everything. It's this: everything should be on the table. Let me let me drink some coffee here. Everything, everything should be on the table, open for discussion, ready for dissection and examination. Right? It should be everything on the table. So, we have to start to think through our our assumptions. Our assumptions create the work worlds, ultimately, in which we live. They create the work worlds in which we live, the artifacts that manifest themselves in those work worlds. They create, they help to lead to our exposed values, the way that we think about things, the way that we feel about things, the way that we react and respond to things, uh, and pretty much everything that's ultimately important downstream of those assumptions. They influence them, and, and not to reduce this down, but let's just say for the sake of this conversation, that they influence them positively or negatively, right? And I get that. You know me. I know that there's a gray. I know that there's an in-between. Again, sake of conversation. But just in our, in our thought process here for examining them, let's think positive or negative, right? So we have to start with better assumptions. And we kind of already know. We've talked about that. What are some of those better assumptions? Some of those better assumptions are things like, um, I don't know, failure will occur, Right, I mean, failure is going to happen rather than failure shall not happen. Right, we have to understand that failure is always there, looming and ready to strike, and it's going to. It absolutely will. We have to understand that prevention is good. It is great. It has led to amazing innovations in our work worlds and others. But, 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 it will always break down and it will fail at some point. And when it does, we should be prepared for it to do so. Right, we cannot just rely on prevention as 
this God's gift to man that shall stop all bad things from happening because we're never going to think of everything. We're never going to have the imagination to think of everything. We're never going to always be there. And with that, our preventative strategies are always going to degrade over time. They're always going to weaken. They're always going to fail. And a lot of times they're all, most of them, a good chunk of them are very human behavior dependent. They're they're dependent on people to make the right decisions, to put those into place, to make sure that they are there. And then ultimately they will break down at some point and will fail. It's just going to happen. Right. And I'm not going to go through the whole through the whole list of all of these 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 assumptions. I just want to continue to relay on how important they truly are. If we want to change the environments in which we work, our people work, if we want to change the culture, <laughs> the cultures of our organization, it all starts with forming better assumptions. Now, the problem is, is with where we're at right now, most of our organizations, is we've been operating under those assumptions, those, those older assumptions. Um, I won't even say flawed. Some of them might be good, but we've been operating under those more traditional sets of assumptions for a very long time, and they've worked good enough, right? And again, that's, that's where change gets really interesting is because those things have worked good enough. They've worked good enough for us to accept them as true, Right? They've worked good enough for the companies to look at them and go, well, they're good enough. At the very least, they're good enough. And we've also, again, we take that belief a little bit farther and say, well, they're good enough. And when they break down, we just need to focus on doing them better, and then they'll be better. Right? And so it's, it's really challenging to actually go through and peel back some of that stuff and try to create change. But that's the, case, that's the case that we have to make. That's the conversations that we have to make. We have to paint that picture of why certain assumptions probably aren't so great and why we should replace them with better ones. And that is a slow, tedious process. That happens conversation by conversation. It takes time, but it is worth, it is absolutely worth, 100% worth the time and effort. Because if you want any form of lasting change within any part of your organization, Safety is often just the catalyst, right? Safety is often just the piece that we talk about. But these assumptions impact everything, right? They impact everything. If you want true lasting change, you have to start with assumptions, right? It's the reason why when we go out and we toss in cookie cutter programs into our organization that say all the right things, right? That feel really, really, really good. That have all the little bits and pieces about this and that and the other, you could, you could sit down and craft the most amazing, amazing safety program that is centered around every single thing that we talk about. You could run it past all the greats, all the greats within our little world of safety better, within our world of safety differently, human and organizational performance. You could run it by everyone and everyone give you the thumbs up saying, this is perfect. Like this is, this is, this is amazing. This is perfect and then throw it into your organization, and it will fall flat on its face because you're not working on the right part, right? You're not working on the right part. All of that stuff grows out of assumptions. When we're trying to affect change in our organizations, so often we're starting at the wrong spot, right? We're starting at the bits that we can see. We're people. That's what we like to do. If we see something, we know we can work on it. If we see it, it's like, I can see that, I can touch it, I can feel it, I can work on it, right? So we work on stuff like rules and procedures and posters and stickers and all kinds of wacky stuff that feels really, really good and feels, in the moment at least, like we're doing something, right? We're doing something. There wasn't a piece of paper there before, and now there's a piece of paper there. Before, they didn't have to wear that cool badge on on their lanyard that told them, you know, X, Y, and Z, and we love and care about you, and now they do. I can see that, I can feel that. I can 
print out a poster with values on it and stick it on the wall and I can walk past it every day and see it. That has to count for something. Not so much. <laughs> not, not, not so much. Because you're forcing those bits, right? They're not artifacts. They're just forced chunks of crap that we're putting out into our organizations, right? Those things have to grow from the assumptions on, on which they're based because that, that's where they're coming from. They're coming from those assumptions. So if you go out and your assumptions say that your values are A, B, and C, but the poster that you're putting on the wall, that feel-good poster, says that your values are truly X, Y, and Z, the only thing that you're doing when your employees walk past that is they're going, <laughs> look at that bullshit. That's not true. And just walk right past it. Right. Walk right past it. I mean, that's that's a really good that's a really good exercise for you if you want to, if, if you feel like um, and it's according to where you're at. And I, I feel like most of the folks out there that probably tune in and hang out and listen um, are probably probably chugging right along on their uh, on their hop journey, because I have conversations with a lot of you, many of you, many of you almost weekly about some of your progress. Um, and it's amazing. You guys are awesome. You guys are rock stars. All of you, all of you out there are just amazing uh, and and trying to create just overall betterment throughout our work worlds. But, but do this exercise, go out and you, you have this. I'm almost guaranteed that you have this. Your company has a value poster, right? Like this is our values. This is our values, right? I almost promise you that you have that. Go out and take that and then do like a comparative analysis, right? Look for gaps, Look at it. Look at the assumptions, the general, the generally, the normal, normal felt assumptions throughout the organization. And then compare that to what your values actually are. Is there a mismatch? Is it true? Is it not? That's for you to find out. But it's an interesting, it's an interesting exercise. I've been a part of doing that a couple of times. And uh, yeah, that's, it can be eye-opening. It can absolutely be eye-opening. But back to the point here, and then I super duper promise that I'll shut up. If we want to make things better, if we want to move to, away from, if we want to move away from some of the biases that really hold us back in the world of workplace safety, a really good one to highlight here is like our bias towards prevention, like prevention only. Prevention is queen, right? If, if we want to move past some of those things, we really have to start with the assumptions on which they're formed. Right. The assumption when we really focus down into prevention, as an example, the focus here is that prevention must be the end all be all because we still firmly believe that little bad things lead to big bad things happening. And the only way that that works is if that, is if that prevention is the only way. But right? that's the only way that that works. Right. When you drill that down, when you run that logic to its end, that's the only way that that truly works. Because. Even if you minimize the outcome, it still happened. And if it still happened, that means that the next piece in that ladder towards fatalities, that pyramid towards fatalities, that means that you have primed yourself to take the next step. Even if, even if through intentional action and capacity that you stopped something negative from occurring on the other side of the boom, kapow, it's not good enough. Should have never happened to begin with, Right? That's where that logic goes. So prevention has to be the end-all, be-all in that equation. That's the only way that it works. You cut that all the way back down, all the way down, right? Because that's, that's how this works. And I'm just focusing on prevention as an example here. Take this wherever you want to with any of the other assumptions. But we start with this idea 
right? That again, little bad things cause bigger, badder things to happen in the future. So if we want to prevent a fatality, we need to prevent lost times. And if we want to prevent lost times, we need to prevent those general kind of lower level recordables. And the only way that we prevent those lower level recordables is by completely preventing those first aids. And then the only way that we prevent those first aids is that we prevent close calls or near misses. And now we're going, well, holy crap, how do we prevent close calls or near misses? How do we, how do, we do that? How do we do that? How do we do that? Oh my God. Oh, boom. Got it. Last frontier of safety betterment. We need to be able to completely control human behavior. We need to fix, <coughs> excuse me, getting excited here. We need to fix those pesky humans. How do we do that? Observations and oversight. Severe punishments for people that we see. Oh, sticks and carrots. There we go. If we see good behaviors that we really like, we will positively reinforce them. And if we see behaviors that we do not like, we will give them a little, a little zap, a little zap to kind of correct that, right? There you go, right? <laughs> all of that, all of that has birthed. All of that and more. That, that goes farther, but more. Uh, um, all of that is birthed out of the assumption that little bad things lead to bigger bad things happening in the future, right? Again, prevention is not evil. Prevention has a, has a lot of good. There's a lot of good there. But that flawed, extremely flawed assumption pushes us in the wrong direction, as all flawed or not so great assumptions typically do. So again, moral of the story. If you want to create lasting Lasting, lasting and, and positive change within your organization, anywhere within your organization. You have to start at the root. You have to dig down deep. You have to dig into the assumptions on which all the rest of that is built, on which all the rest of that stems from. That's how we get where we want to go. Again, it's going to suck. It's going to be hard. And it's going to take a long time because those assumptions have come from somewhere right? They've come from somewhere and they've usually popped up there for a reason. And they've lasted, they've lasted, they've stood the test of time because they were true enough, right? They worked good enough. They worked good enough for us to generally accept them as true. Just makes it a little bit harder, makes it take a little bit longer. But again, that's how we get to where we want to go. That's how we ultimately better our work worlds. That's how we better our work worlds in sweeping ways rather than very targeted, oh, that form sucks, let's throw that away. Oh, that all that will come. All of that will come. But you have to start with the assumptions. That's all I've got. What do you think about it? How are you enjoying the little video thing here? Is it okay, like staring at my ugly mug? You get to see my cool little coffee cup here for all the folks just listening on the pod. Um, you don't get to see my really cool light blue Yeti cup here that uh, I'm too cheap to buy one of these myself. I was gifted this by a friend. <laughs> so there you go. I'll spend like a ton of money on a hydro flask, on like a water bottle, but uh, I don't know. Not, not so much on like a little coffee cup, but oh, you know. Again, it's early. You got to cut me some slack. You just know these things are completely raw, unedited. I literally record these, cut off in video or podcast. I cut off the beginning and the end. I throw on some music with the video. It's the same way. I cut off the beginning and the end. I, I trim it. I throw, I throw on some music and boom, publish. That's how I like it. I hope you like it too. You're always getting, getting the real me. You're always just getting raw, uninterrupted thought. That's it. 
That's it. Because the way that I'm viewing these things, the way that I've always viewed these things is an open conversation between us, between friends, between people that are out here wanting to make the world a better place to work, to make work suck just a little bit less. And just with this general belief that nothing at work should really suck all that bad, especially not safety. So there you go. If you want to get into contact, you know how to do that. Sam at thehopner.com, thehopner.gmail.com. Again, check out the website, www.thehopner.com. Follow along on all things social media. And be on the lookout. Be on the lookout for the new book. Again, I'm going to be publishing the audio version of that here uh, on the podcast. I probably won't do videos for that because it would just be weird, me sitting here reading to you. I don't know. <laughs> you can tell me, but I, I, I was probably shy away from that. Um, but yeah, it'll be here, and then it'll it'll be published at the same time. And um, I would say maybe within the next few months, I would be looking for it before the end of the year, definitely before the end of the year. Um, but if you want to uh, check that out, if you listen to it and you like it and you want to show us some love and support, you'll be able to head over and then purchase a copy of the book. Again, turning the world on its head here. That's what we do. You know how that goes. You know how that goes. Uh, just, just being a, you know, just, just that, just, just, uh, setting the world on fire. That's all I got. Sam Goodman, the hot nerd signing off. <gasps> Bye everybody. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.